0: Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 58.
1: Living in overwhelm and constant stress that a lot of us are in from day to day, just trying to keep our heads above water, a lot of times we don't have the capacity to even think much about other people. It's very inner focused. So once we get to the point where we, Are really supporting ourselves and loving ourselves then we can kind of extend that empathy towards others you know there's a point where you can actually see everything the good and the bad in your life as a gift and an opportunity and so that's what i really want people to know that it's possible
0: hello and welcome to the adhd love parent talk podcast If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you're going through your journey. everyone, welcome to another episode of ADHD about parent talk where we talk about all things ADHD. My guest today is Jen, I am very excited to have her I met her through the focus group, I will be actually talking to uh, the leader of the focus group in a different episode but I'm so excited to have her here. Uh, She is a coach and she is a mom. Um, She has ADHD. Do you have ADHD? I do. You do have ADHD, right? Okay. So she has ADHD. So I'm very excited to talk to her because I want for her to share her perspective about, you know, having ADHD and how does she manage that being a mom and also doing her coaching. So Jen, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank
1: you. I'm so happy
0: to be here. I am so excited for you to be here too. So I gave a little bit of an intro, but tell them a little bit more about you.
1: Sure. My name is Jen Jacobson. I am a recently turned fifty-year-old mom of two kids. Beautiful. <laughs> I have an eleven-year-old and a thirteen-year-old, so we are right in that sweet spot there of becoming teenagers. And I am a—I'm an ADHD coach. I coach adults one-on-one with ADHD. Okay. I've been in corporate most of my life, so being an entrepreneur is a really new thing for me. Mm-hmm. I just started full-time coaching in July.
0: Wow. So very cool.
1: Really cool, really exciting switch, and I'm really pumped about it. That
0: is so exciting. So what age were you actually diagnosed and what type?
1: I was diagnosed at 47.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: 47 and uh, I have inattentive type. Okay. So how did
0: you feel when you got that diagnosis and what was the tipping point for you to even go look for, you know, an assessment?
1: Well, my kids had both been diagnosed maybe two years prior. Okay. And a lot of things became really clear after their diagnosis a lot of the behavior things that were going on a lot of the challenges that we just had as a family everything became really clear okay and so as i got more and more into educating myself about adhd reading books looking you know watching all of the videos mm-hmm. listening to all the podcasts it became very clear to me that this was probably what had been going on with me my entire life.
0: Oh, wow. What are some of those things that you saw that you you connected to? Uh,
1: So one of the big things was my inability to focus.
2: Mm. Um,
1: And that became really, really prevalent at the beginning of the pandemic when I started working at home. I had always been able to kind of mask my symptoms and, you know, put myself in an environment that allowed me to focus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But When we all got into one house together and we all had to focus at the same time on work, school, whatever, it just, it was crazy. Yeah. So anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but my inability to focus, my sort of history of not finishing things. I started so many things and I couldn't finish them. And so I noticed all of these same things happening, sort of playing out with my kids. And I kind of did a deep dive into my past and, mm-hmm. and my history of working and schooling and all of it. And it just, it was so obvious at that point that this was ADHD and something that I think the light bulb moment for me was when I walked into my therapist's office one day because I was having weekly therapy for depression and anxiety,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: as we know, is something that often coexists with ADHD and often adults are misdiagnosed with depression and anxiety when really the root of the problem is ADHD. So I walked into my therapist's office one day and I was late again because that was the norm for me. I was always late, just could not be on time. And I told her that I was late this time because I had to stop and get gas. My gas tank was on empty in the car. And she said, have you ever been evaluated for ADHD? (laughs) And I said, no, actually, I haven't but I've been having all of these thoughts based on my kids being diagnosed. What do you think? And it just so happened that this therapist saw a lot of kids with ADHD. Uh. Also seeing this stuff in me every week. And I think she was kind of, you know, thinking, wow, I think this 47 year old adult probably has undiagnosed ADHD. So when she brought that up, I just started researching, started joining all of the groups online, you know, getting all of the information that I could.
0: That is so crazy. So for me, when I found out it was like really validating, it just connected the dots. And I know everybody has this different emotion. Some are really extremely emotional and sad and just wish, why didn't I know sooner? What did you go through?
1: So I think I spent about five minutes being sad about it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, I kind of had this like real of my entire past that played really quickly in my head, like, oh, my gosh, all of this stuff could have been different. And I was talking to my husband at the time, and he reminded me that if anything had been different, I wouldn't be where I am right now with this family and this situation. And I, you know, I could not change my present for anything. I would never want to change it. So I, I started to see it as a gift. Like this diagnosis is going to help me put things in perspective. Mm. And it's also going to help me accept myself for who I am, and then be able to move forward. So it was, it was really more of a feeling of excitement for me.
0: That is really cool. That's really cool, Jen. So what have you done differently? I mean, I know you've just been diagnosed recently, but are there some things that you do today that you didn't do when you were undiagnosed?
2: Yes,
1: absolutely. So I take really good care of myself now, which Mm -hmm. I didn't do before. I always came last on the list. I had kind of a martyr mentality, Like there's, you know, I was telling myself there's not enough time, you know, you you don't matter. I had all of these negative beliefs about who I was. And once I started to finally accept this is who I am with this wonderful neurodivergent brain, I was able to, you know, really start to love myself. Nice. So I'm treating myself like someone that I love.
0: That is so cool. Are there any like strategies you do differently? Like do you also, um, I don't know, some people now are really paying attention to their planner or is there anything that you've put in place or you're still kind of working through that?
1: So I spent about a year just learning, really coming to terms with everything about ADHD, the way that it had presented for me in the past Mm -hmm. and how it was presenting now. And I was having some particular challenges being perimenopausal. Mm -hmm. The whole, whole hormonal shift just brought about a lot of symptoms that I, you know, it was pretty overwhelming. And I'm still kind of in that right now. But some of the strategies that I started using were... You know, they were things that I really couldn't wrap my brain around before,
2: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: like calendaring. That is one of the things that I do now. I sit down every Sunday night and plan out my week, huh. which is something that I was too overwhelmed to do before. That so once I was able to get out of that overwhelmed stage, which took a lot of one-on-one coaching and self-coaching for about a year. Okay. I then was able to access more of my top brain, which allowed me to plan. So that's one of my strategies is to plan out my week and my days are planned out by the hour usually so that my brain brain is not in charge anymore, my calendar is.
0: I love that. No, that's really good. And to your point, my, I remember my dad gave me a planner when I was going to college and I never kept up with that thing. I think I kept up with a planner more so now around the diagnosis in a little bit before, I will say a little bit before, but it just became all clear to me once I was diagnosed that there's just things that you need to do extra for yourself. So not only do I have a planner, right? I have my calendar on my uh, work computer. I also use my calendar on my personal computer, and then I have an alarm. So just like with our call, I tell people this all the time, with our call, I set an alarm, you know, about 20 minutes till I'm like, okay, so 20 minutes till <laughs> I need to be on the computer until I can be on time, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, you know, that's another thing. I started adding in buffer time to my schedule. Mm. If I need to be on a call, I realized that instead of showing up five minutes before, I probably need to show up 20 minutes before just to make sure all the tech works and everything is in place. So, you know, that's just something else I gave myself was just that gift of time nice. to really, you know, be present and not always feel like I was, you know, rushing. Right.
2: Right.
0: No, I feel that. So, for you, I want to talk about your house full of ADHDers, just like my house, right? How do you guys, I mean, how do you manage the household? How do you help your children, you know, go through what they're going through? And then also balance it with, you know, you're, like you said, you're new to the diagnosis. How do you balance yourself in this picture, too?
1: So, last year, as I'm sure everybody had a very similar experience of last year being kind of crazy with having to manage the family work and, you know, all of the ADHD symptoms. It was just a lot. So we ended up going to a therapist who specialized in ADHD as a family. And it was interesting that the the main focus of the therapy was on us as parents.
2: Uh Uh
1: And so what we really did with this therapist was look at how we're showing up as parents, what systems we have in place, how we're supporting the kids and what we could do better. And we really focused on showing up as a team. that, That has been the big thing that helped us is for us to, you know, not have any conversations about how we're parenting the kids in front of them. All of that's done behind closed doors. And then when we come out, we, you know, we present this united front of this is what's happening. This is, this is what we've decided. And, you know, we, we've also put some other things into place like family meetings, making sure that everybody has a voice and they feel Mm -hmm. heard and they feel like, you know, their needs are being taken into account too. It's not just us deciding everything. So yeah, just having all of these things in place, you know, working on the kids' executive functioning skills. We've been doing a lot of that. And they've really been stepping up and, you know, doing a lot of chores. They've been cooking themselves. So we kind of just backed off a little bit in our approach and let go of our perfectionism, you know, because we had a tendency to swoop in and kind of try to control everything. We were mm-hmm. really trying to control what was happening. And, you know, we learned that that is not possible. <laughs> you know, the kids are going to behave in the way that they are, and we're going to have our own thoughts about it and, It's better for us just to manage ourselves and our reactions to things better, you know, than trying to control them. It's a losing battle. So we kind of just changed our entire approach to parenting and how we show up as parents.
0: I absolutely love that and I also love how you're all you're already teaching them independence and that's so funny Jen because we literally my children and I had this conversation last night about independence and to your point I'm already teaching them just little things every year that are going to stack up on the previous year. So by time they're 18, they're going to be fully capable of doing what they need to do on their own. And if they don't know how to do it, they're going to be fully capable to ask somebody for help. Right? So really having those two things, being able to do it themselves and also learning to ask for help because you know, We as ADHDers, that's one of the things that I've heard that we truly have issues with is asking for help. And I want them to be comfortable in doing that too. So I absolutely love that. Yes. That is awesome.
1: And, you know, one of the other things that's been really great for us is to let them fail. Yeah. That is so hard for a parent, but it is so important to just let them, you know, Say the kids wanted to make chocolate chip cookies, you know, before we would want to micromanage every step of that process to make sure that the kitchen didn't look like a bomb, <laughs> make sure that, you know, they, they used the right, in, you know, ingredients so that everything turned out great. So, you know, we just kind of let, let them do their thing. And, you know, it, the outcome wasn't always perfect, but they got to see what it's like to fail, and try again. So, you know, by trying to make everything perfect, I think we were taking that away from them.
0: I love that. I love that. So obviously you're very open about ADHD, you know, within your household. So that's really cool. But there's people that struggle with it. So what is your advice to those who are not sure if they should be open in their household about ADHD or not?
1: I would recommend being as open as possible. And just, you know, if you're a parent with ADHD, I think it is amazing to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we talk about it all the time. In fact, the the other day, my son said, mom, is there anything that you talk about that does not somehow relate back to ADHD? (laughs) And I said, "Um, actually, no, at this stage of my life, Everything is about ADHD. That is my life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Plus you're newer to it, right? So
1: <laughs> It's become, you know, it's become my job and my main focus of life. So I think the more open that parents can be, the better, because it really, you know, especially with me going through my own struggles,
2: mm-hmm.
1: being honest with them and vulnerable and showing them, you know, that, I don't want to say dark side, but that you know, that less than perfect side has been really good for them. Mm-hmm. And it's given them a chance to kind of step up and show empathy for me. And, you know, also it goes back the other way. Like, you know, it, sometimes if they're having a specific problem at school, I can, you know, tell them a story, relate back to how it was for me in school and tell them, you know, the ways that it was hard. And it's, it's just really good to have an open conversation about it.
0: I love that. So are they comfortable from their perspective, even though you're open about it, are they comfortable talking about ADHD?
1: They are very comfortable with it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: They, you know, don't have any qualms about it at all. They are okay with having certain accommodations if needed at school, and they know how to articulate and advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. They can do that. If, you know, if my daughter needs to be in a place in her classroom that's, you know, less busy so that she can focus, she knows how to go to the teacher and say, hey, I need to be in a, you know, in the, a quieter space and, you know, they they advocate for themselves, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really cool. You know, that's, that's something that I'm trying to get my daughter to be comfortable with. She's very open about ADHD. Matter of fact, she, she makes it sound so cool that there's people, so like, for example, over the summer, she is able to go to a camp. Originally she wasn't diagnosed, so she was able to go because of my son. But then now that she has her own diagnosis, she's also able to go because of herself. But she was telling friends that she's going to be going to this camp. They're like, how can we get into this camp? <laughs> right? Because she just makes it sound so cool. But one thing that we're working on is that self-advocation piece. And I truly believe like you do in teaching our children to be able to self-advocate because I'm not going to be around them all the time, right? And so I think it's important for them to be able to speak up, not be embarrassed about what's going on with them or how they're feeling and ask for those accommodations. And like I tell my son, you're like a VIP. You get things that other people don't get, right? And so take advantage of that because it's going to... It ultimately help you. It's going to ultimately help you grow. It's going to help you get the grades that you want to get. It's going to help you be able to, if you you need to focus at that time, focus at that time. But you have to do some of the work too, right? So, and don't be afraid to do that. And so that's what I'm. My son is is more comfortable doing it because we've been working on that for a long time with him. But my daughter's just starting to learn how to advocate for herself. So, yeah, it's it's just very interesting.
1: It is. And it's, you know, I wish I had had those skills when I was in school, because, you know, it would have turned out differently. But, you know, it's something that I can give to them now. So I'm really just thankful that I have that awareness and that understanding of how their brains work. And they're able to also understand. So they're going to have much better, much different outcomes than I had.
0: That's awesome. So when they're going through some of their tough moments, how do you help them work through those situations?
1: The big thing that I do for them is just allow them their feelings. So if they're having a struggle with something and it's making them angry or sad or, you know, some other negative emotion We just let them feel it because, you know, trying to do any kind of teaching or correcting in that moment never works. It just doesn't work because they're in the middle of these really big feelings. So, you know, we let them have the feelings. We sit with them. If they, you know, express that they don't want us nearby, then we just, you know, kind of give them their space, but we let them know we're there, you know, when they're ready to talk about it, that we're there. Mm. And so I think, you know, instead of trying to change those negative feelings, just allowing them to have them move past it. So then we can get to a place where we do learn something is that's been a huge thing for us.
0: That's awesome. So let's just um, turn the conversation a little bit. So you talked about being an ADHD coach. Why did you decide to take that path?
1: Well, after my diagnosis and after learning everything that I knew about ADHD, uh, everything that I've learned, it became really clear to me in being members of groups of adults with ADHD, that there were so many people out there who needed the same help that Mm -hmm. I got. And I think, you know, in the beginning, looking for help, there wasn't a lot of it out there at the time. And I think even now adults with ADHD are really underserved. And I just think we need more coaches, more people that get it, more people that you know, can help adults change their mindset and meet their goals. So that just became my passion. That was what I wanted to do more than anything. Hmm. Through, Through the process of my own coaching, I finished a degree that had been, you know, I had been working on it my entire adult life and never finished it. And in six months, you know, with all of my new skills and strategies, I finished it. Nice. So I I wanted to be the person to help other adults do the same things and make these amazing changes in their own lives.
0: That's beautiful. And who is your audience? So who do you, you said adults, but do you focus on both men and women? Are there certain age groups? Like who is your audience?
1: I really don't have a specific audience right now. I okay. love helping. I have kind of a heart to help a couple of different groups because of all the struggles that I had when I went to college and knowing that the rate of college completion amongst people with ADHD is really low. Yeah. I really want to coach, you know, college students, helping them, you know, being there for them, helping them to move through the system and, take all of the steps that are needed and develop that, you know, that grit and that growth mindset. So, you know, college students just starting out, that's a big area of focus for me. And also people that are my age, you know, women who are maybe in their forties going through menopause, having all of these changes. Mm -hmm. That's another area that I like to focus on too.
0: That's beautiful.
1: And so has coaching others
0: also helped you through your ADHD journey?
1: It has helped so much. Because everybody that I coach, I see a little bit of myself Mm -hmm. in them. And so, you know, while I'm helping them, I'm also having these realizations about myself. And I, you know, I'm able to suggest things to them. And at the same time, tweak my own life. I feel like, you know, as a coach, I'm maybe just a few steps ahead of my clients. I'm not, you know, I'm not that perfect person who has it all figured out. We're all figuring everything out together, but I'm somebody who has had, you know, success with coaching to the point where I have been able to get past that overwhelmed part of my life into a more goal-focused part. So that's what I really want to help other people with.
0: That's awesome, Jen. So if people are trying to figure out if they even should look for a coach or even think it's going to be a good move for them, they, they, they're not sure if they're going to get the support that they need. What would you say to those who are not sure if they should go get a coach or not?
1: I would say that for me, coaching was a game changer. It changed everything. I had been through multiple different therapists in my lifetime, but I never got the forward movement and hmm. the growth that I had with coaching. So it, it it has been just the most amazing transformation in my life. And, I am of the mindset that everybody needs a coach. I have my own coach. Most of the coaches that I know also are coached weekly. And I just think it's something that every adult could benefit from, but especially somebody who is neurodivergent, mm. you know, trying to work with this different brain. I think it's especially helpful to have somebody there that has been through it, that understands, that's going to give you a non-judgmental, you know, lens to look at this through. And, you know, somebody that can really help you work on your mindset, uncover all of those beliefs that you have from the past that aren't working for you anymore and move forward in a way that's really, you know, amazing.
0: Yeah. I like that. And I think people don't really realize that therapy and coaching is different. Right. And you can actually like to your point, have a therapist, and also have a coach for me and you can explain it to the way you understand it is for me therapy is like that healing piece right it really helps me work through my you know the the deep part of my situations it really helps me try to heal through a you know a particular situation like divorce for example right just really trying to get me to a better spiritual mental physical place right where coaching is like setting up really helping me set those goals and get to completion and, um, and and it could be anything. I mean, it really depends on what that particular person needs from their coach. I mean, it could be from organization to um, how do I, you know plan my days to. I mean, it just could be so many different depths. And, but again, you could have a therapist and you can have a coach. What do you see as the difference between the two?
1: Well, I love the way that you presented it there. What I like to think about it as is um, therapy being more like, you know, healing your past wounds
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, dealing with traumas and experiences that may be currently happening or have happened in the past.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, with therapy, I kind of think about it as climbing up out of a hole. Mm-hmm you're in this deep, dark hole, you might have anxiety, depression, you're kind of stuck in this place, and you can't get out of it. And so that's what therapy has been for me, um, is to help me kind of climb out of that hole, come up towards the light, and, you know, have a better perspective, and really be able to, to process those things from the past. And I've had, you know, as I've gone through this whole diagnosis and coaching experience, I've had a lot of things that have come up from the past that I've had to deal with with my therapist. It's something that I think I will keep doing for a long time, concurrently doing therapy and coaching, because they meet totally different needs. So, you know, after you kind of climb up out of that hole, you're not sure which direction to go in. And there's a lot of different ways you could go, And so coaching helps you kind of solidify your values, what you want out of life, which path you want to take, and then they partner with you as you're taking that path. And it's all based on your values and goals that you want in life. So the coach is helping you to move forward on a path once you've climbed up out of that hole.
0: Love that. That's great. That's a great explanation. That's good. That's really good, Jen. So is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to share with the audience? Any tips, tricks, anything around coaching, anything around ADHD, being diagnosed late around your, you know, children and ADHD, just anything, any last-minute words?
1: I would just like to say that for me, the big thing that has helped me and that I've seen help so many other people is just Mm self-acceptance accepting who you are realizing that you're worthy of unconditional love just because you exist and just you know moving forward from a place of unconditionally loving yourself and having that empathy for yourself and other people it will take you to a whole other level that you may not even know existed
2: because yeah, I, I
1: Living in overwhelm and constant stress that a lot of us are in from day to day, just trying to keep our heads above water. A lot of times we don't have the capacity to even think much about other people. It's very inner focused. So once we get to the point where we are really supporting ourselves and loving ourselves, then we can kind of extend that empathy towards others, you know, there's a point where you can actually see everything, the good and the bad in your life as a gift and an opportunity. And so that's what I really want people to know that it's possible.
0: I love that. I love that.
1: Is there any type of
0: uh, resources that you have used that you could recommend to people, be it YouTube channels, books that you have read, podcasts that you have listened to?
1: The main podcast that I love is the I Have ADHD podcast with Kristen Carter, who you know. She was the main person that I really listened to in the beginning when I got my diagnosis. I binged her podcast. (laughs) And I joined her group focused and that, and forming that community was huge. Yeah. So, you know, finding your people is really important and realizing that there's so many other people out there that are going to the same thing. You're not alone. is That's huge.
2: True. Yeah,
0: that is huge.
1: And you know, the, the work of dr russell barkley has been huge i have i have read and listened to all of his lectures and you know reading through his books so that has also been huge
0: very cool very cool So if anybody has any more questions for you how can they get a hold of you
1: i am on instagram at adhd.relatable.podcast and anybody can come on to Instagram, interact with me there, direct message me. And I also am available via email at jenjacobsoncoaching.com.
0: Very good, Jen. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for so much for coming on. It was awesome.
1: Thank you so much, Chikini. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yes, it was a lot of fun. All right, everyone. That concludes another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye, Jen. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.